Welcome to the You Can Tell the Children podcast, a place where sharing God's word with the next generation in your circle of influence can be simple, easy, and fun. We know that intentionally teaching children about God and the relevancy of His word will be a game changer in their homes, schools, and communities. This podcast is a ministry of Bible to School, the experts in engaging children with the Word of God. Together, we will make sure you can tell the children about the love of Jesus. Ready, set, let's go. Hi, friends. I am super enthusiastic to be here with you today, introducing episode number 56 of the You Can Tell the Children podcast. I'm your host, Meredith Steidler, and you're just going to love listening in on Corey's conversation with Anita Kagi, who has quite the journey to share with you. You'll get to hear her amazing testimony that draws in an adoption story, love letters, and an all-in commitment to Jesus that will just totally inspire and challenge you. To hear even more inspirational stories like this one, head on over to BibleToSchool.com. That's Bible, the number two, school.com. Click on our resource tab and subscribe to our podcast. You can check out our past episodes and find great resources in the show notes there as well. Are you encouraged by what you hear on this podcast? Don't stay silent. Share an episode or two. Also, don't forget to check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and read our new blog. These are all great ways to connect and help spread the word that anyone can tell the children in their lives about Jesus. Are you ready to hear about God's love letter to you? Ready? Let's jump into Corey's conversation with Anita now. Well, hi, Anita, and welcome to You Can Tell the Children, our podcast here from Bible to School. We are so excited to have you today. Thank you so much. It is a privilege to join in with you. Anita, we found out that we share a heart for young people, for elementary age kids, middle schoolers, high schoolers. In fact, you actually are a speaker that talks and tells your story to all these places, even in colleges and and churches. Mm -hmm. And when I heard your story, I thought, man, we have to hear your story. But first, just tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, your family, and that kind of thing. Well, I'm a mom with four adult children, and I have eight grandchildren and two great-grandsons. Yeah, I'm just a mom. That's what I like to say, who loves God's word and loves to engage children into the world and and adults as well. Right. Well, you have engaged a lot of people with the word because you have something, I love the name of your ministry, Joy Shop Ministries. Tell me about Joy Shop Ministries and how you get it started. Well, many years ago, as a mom in my late 40s, I was really frustrated. I was trying to be a good Christian, a good Christian wife, a good Christian mom, and was like that hamster on the spinning wheel, getting nowhere. And one day I just came, (laughs) most people (laughs) have. One day I got home and I just went into my living room and I kind of yelled out at God and said, where are you? Where's this abundant life? You've promised me I don't have it. And Mm -hmm. I actually asked him, what's wrong? And I didn't hear an audible voice that day, but I heard a verse come over my heart, which was Matthew 6, 33, which if you know that passage, it's about, don't worry. Jesus is saying, don't worry about your life, what you wear, your clothes, whatever, but instead seek 
first his kingdom. Then all these things will be added unto you. And it was one of those light bulb moments where I realized that for most of my Christian life, I'd been a part-time seeker. In other words, I spent time with God and his word when it suited me. And that revelation (laughs) began a new journey for me of just prioritizing my relationship with Jesus every day, being in his word. And after living that lifestyle for about a year, God saw my heart for wanting to share it with other people. And he led me to go down to the cove in Asheville, North Carolina at the Billy Graham Training Center where Ann Graham Lotz was doing a seminar called Filling Up to Overflow. And in that conference, she taught pastors and Bible study teachers how she takes a passage of scripture and turns it into a message. And that's where God gave me the vision to go home to my church and just have a workshop to teach people how to open their Bible and hear God speaking to them. And a few months later, I went to my church, offered my first workshop, never dreaming that it would turn into a full-fledged ministry, uh, which is going strong today. And it's all by his grace. Uh, It's been amazing. Well, I love what you do. And obviously you want your mission statement is encourage, equip and enable. Do you have like a life verse or a favorite scripture that has influenced this that kind of has guided you? Well, as mentioned earlier, the verse Matthew 6:33 has been so powerful in my life. When I think that I got saved at 5, when I say that, I mean at age 5, I remember having a conviction that I needed Jesus in my heart. Mm -hmm. I remember going home and kneeling by my bed and inviting him into my heart. But you know, from that point on, even though my parents were godly and they taught me to have a daily quiet time and to prioritize that relationship, for some reason, it took me years till I recognized the secret of abundant life. And to me, it's found in Matthew 6, 33, that when Mm. we seek him first, in other words, every day I wake up, my top priority is my time with him. Everything else Mm. goes around that. Mm. When I recognized that, it changed everything in my life. And I just can't help but talk about it. So that's my life first. You know, seek him first. And all these other things you're worried about are going to be taken care of, you know? I love that. And I'm with you. I have my cup of tea in the morning Mm -hmm. and I have my certain chair that I sit in. And I have to have that time with God or nothing lines up during the day. And I I bet many listeners feel that way as well. And if you don't have that, man, we just encourage you to do that. Anita and I do. But you had a really interesting story. Adoption is something that has been kind of part of your story. And Mm -hmm. that I learned that there are around 7 million Americans are adopted. And the reason I'm bringing this up is we're adopted in the family of God. But you have kind of a really cool, one of the coolest stories I've heard in a long time on adoption. And you have a passion for this because of your own story. Can you tell us about this story about your, you and your, and your daughter and how that, that happened? How long do you have? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, well, basically I got pregnant out of wedlock at age 17 and it was devastating for my family. You know, my dad was a pastor. We were at a brand new church mm. and Back in that day, I call it the ancient days, it was in 1974, things were different than they are today. Yeah, that wasn't something, yeah. Yeah, and I'm going to be honest, even though I knew that abortion 
was taking a life. In fact, it had just become legal the year before. And I remember writing a paper on why it's wrong, like it's taking a life. I was very Mm -hmm. strong in my feelings for that. I wrote that in high school. Well, at 17, when I got pregnant, all of a sudden, that option looked very inviting only because mm-hmm. I was so afraid. Sure. I didn't know how I would get out of this mess. I didn't want to ruin my parents' life, my family life. And I just want to say briefly uh, that if it hadn't been for the fact that I had a loving father and mother who stood by me and supported me and encouraged me to choose life for my child, I might not have the story I have today. But thankfully, they cared more about my heart than their reputation. And they encouraged me to choose life. And by God's grace, I did. And I made the very difficult decision with God's help to place my child for adoption. I felt that was the best plan for my child, although I knew not what I was doing, you know, Mm. at such a young age. But all I can tell you is the day that I gave birth to my little girl. Sorry, I'm going to cry. You can um, you can cry on this one. This is this is tough stuff. I absolutely know that. Well, the day I left the hospital without her was the hardest day of my life. It really was mm. because I I had fallen in love with this child that I was carrying. I knew that I was to stick with the best plan that I felt God had told me, but it did not change my feelings for her. And I had to trust God that he would place her in a wonderful two-parent home with two people that love Jesus as much as I did. And I had to trust him that she would be able to handle being adopted, you know, because there's there's mm-hmm. hurt that goes along with that. And so eventually I, you know, I went on to college. Then I met my husband and God blessed us with four children, but I never, ever forgot my daughter. I always wondered where she was, how was she doing? But at the core of my heart was, does she know how much I love her? Aww. Does she know that I hope someday I can have a relationship with her? And so that went with me. And because of that desire in my heart for her to know those things, I decided since my adoption was closed that I would make it easy for her to find me if she ever wanted to. So I called the adoption agency. I updated my records. And then it was in that phone call they told me if I wanted to, I could start a file at the agency. Oh, you could do that? I didn't know that. Wow. I had no idea. It was a God thing, like I said, that I had even called in and they gave me that information. They told me I could put letters or uh, pictures in this file. And when she turned uh, 18 legally, she could have access to the file. Oh, that's cool. And so I was ecstatic to have a way to tell her how much I loved her. And so I just began writing letters, sending them into the file and Mm. hoping someday she would get that file and Mm. learn how much I loved her. But obviously I I couldn't make her do that. You know, I had to wait patiently for that time to come. Those are your love letters to your daughter that you are writing. Is that right? Yes, Mm. exactly. And so eventually uh, she did get the file and read my letters and that piqued her interest. And we began corresponding through the agency until we both felt ready to meet each other for the very first time. Wow. And how old was how old was she then? She was 21. Okay. So she was 21. And yes. You were 
Wow, you find God answered your prayers. He did. And I was shocked to find out not only did I meet my daughter that day for the very first time, but I met her husband and my three-month-old granddaughter, Emily. And my parents got to meet her. My husband got to meet her. And that was many, many years ago. Today, we're still in an active friendship. And I now have, she has six children. And oh, uh, wow. I have two great, my two great grandsons come from her side of the family. So God has really, wow, done more than I could have imagined in allowing me the privilege of being in her life. So those love letters, tell us about those love letters. Oh, wow. Those letters were so important to me. And the hardest thing for me being a birth mom was thinking about the struggles she might be having in life and thinking, you know, she doesn't know about these letters. They're there waiting for her to get and they're letters of love and how I want to be a help to her in her life if she was open to it. And actually, it was that burden of waiting that God would miraculously use in my life to give a depth to my ministry that I could have never invented myself. But what happened was after I met my daughter, one day I was in the Word reading Acts chapter 17. Paul is in Athens. He sees all of these idols. He sees one idol that says unknown God. So he pulls everyone together and said, this is the God I'm going to tell you about. This is the God that created you to seek him, to reach out and find him. And he's not that far away. As your own poets have said, we are his offspring. And it was in that passage of scripture that God began the download that would impact my life and give birth really truly to a ministry that would help people to understand God's heart. He said to me, Anita, you know how you wanted your daughter to look for you and to find you? You know, that's how I feel about all my children. I want them to find me. And you know how you started a file with letters of love and how you want to be involved in her life. I have a file too. My Bible is my file. I have letters in my file for my children. And I want them to know how much they're loved. And I want them to know that I want to be a part of their life. But like you, I can't make them open it. Mm. And you know how that feels. And honestly, that point right there. Yes, I knew what it felt like to have letters just waiting, you know, full of love. And that's What's so interesting with Bible to School, Anita, we have children every week saying to us, who's God? I've never heard of him. And we have children out there in our neighborhoods and in our families who don't know who God is. And they don't know that they have love letters waiting for them from their heavenly father. And sometimes I even, and I shared this with you before, I even call it kids, I said, well, this is your text message from God. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, because people don't write letters right. anymore, you know? Exactly. I, <laughs> but I get it, that. <laughs> it is love. It's pure love communication that mm-hmm. they're sharing and, and God's sharing with us in the Bible. And I love that you use that in Joy Shop Ministries, that this is your story, that this is how God is touched and you're, you're sharing with other people. Wow. Let's pause right now and take a question from one of our Bible to School kids. Who made me? Who did make us? In our spiritual core, all of us have a desire to know our Creator. Our children are no different. What an awesome and tremendous opportunity we have to introduce our children to God who created them, loves them, and wants to have a relationship with them. When the child in your life asks a question like this, explore the Psalms. Praise God for His creative works. Celebrate what makes them special. 
and thank God for creating the world and everything in it, including us. So you have a passion for God's word and love letters to his children, and he adopted us into his family. But those adoptive parents that your children had, I imagine you're thankful for them as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. God picked them (laughs) for for my child, Jess. So what would you say to your adoptive parents out there? I'm I'm sure there's some listening right now. What would you say to them? I say, God bless you because you are handed a unique set of circumstances that don't come with a biological child. Because that child that is adopted has a unique set of emotional needs that are deep-seated in their soul. Mm. Because at the root of an adopted child's inner soul is the feeling of abandonment and rejection. Even though for me, that wasn't my intent, I know from experience Mm. that that is part of the story for them. And you can be the best, most godly, adoptive parent, full of love. All parents are with all their Mm. children, whether they're biological or adopted, but it can't meet all of the needs that are rooted inside that adopted child's heart. And for them to just understand that and to be sensitive and create a safe space where their child can feel comfortable talking about that loss. Because one thing I've learned about children who are adopted is they don't often feel comfortable talking about it with their parents because they don't want to hurt their feelings. Mm. You know, they don't want them to feel threatened in any way, but it is real. They need a safe place and know it's okay to talk about that significant loss in their life. And so I rejoice that today adoptions are different. There's more training for adopted parents, but never be afraid of that need that your child has because you want the best for them. And Mm. that's part of it, giving them a safe place to share their thoughts about being adopted. Yes. I have some friends that are adopted parents and they just have the biggest hearts And I just love anybody who's listening right now, if you are even considering adoption, it is a beautiful thing. God adopted us into his family. So, wow, what more can you say about that? Can you tell us of some God stories from your ministry in Joy Shop Ministries? We'd love to hear how are people responding to the story that we've just heard? That is like an overwhelming question for me. And uh, to be honest, it's all the God stories that keeps me going because I have been doing this for 16 years now. And I consistently run into people years later who tell me how they have never forgotten about the file and God's love letters. But I'll just, for the sake of the audience I'm speaking with today, probably my favorite ones have to do with students. And so recently I experienced an amazing one. Many, many years ago, I was asked to do a retreat with junior high students at a local private Christian school. It was at some camp. I had like two days. It was amazing. So now fast forward I am now invited to speak in chapel at this same school. And lo and behold, a teacher comes up to me, a young man. He said, you probably don't remember me, but I was 
one of those junior high students. And the journal you gave us with the Gospel of John and the 21-day challenge was the first tool I was given to teach me how to have a daily quiet time with God. He brought the journal. He showed it to me. He still (laughs) had it. And it's the same journals I'm handing out today when I speak in schools and youth groups. Every single student has the opportunity to get a free journal, a little gospel of John that says letter from God. And I introduced, you know, the 21 day challenge, one chapter a day, reading John and answering one question, Jesus, what do you want me to know about you today? So that's my favorite when I hear students come back to me years later and thank me. This is really important, this 21-day challenge. Tell me about that again. Can you repeat that? I sure can, because everywhere I speak, it is a part of what I do. I give everyone the challenge of reading the Gospel of John, one chapter a day. The goal is to create a habit in their life. We know it takes 21 days, they say, to make a, a habit. And so I encourage them to just read that one chapter and I have three questions I want them to answer. And I always like to remind people, why is it called the 21 day challenge? Because a challenge is difficult. Mm. And until you're given a challenge, you don't understand how busyness and distraction comes to play in your daily quiet time with God. There is never time to spend with God. There is always something different that needs to be done, that's more urgent. So I just challenge them. This is, I looked up the word challenge. It's a summons to take part in a trial of strength. So I challenge everybody, young and old, I want you to read one chapter a day and answer those three simple questions that are given to them. And I trust they go home and do it. (laughs) (laughs) That has a whole new meeting, that 21 day challenge with your story, with your story of love letters to your child that was waiting there. You poured into that and it was just waiting there. And some children didn't even know that it was there, you know, and some kids don't even know that God's love letters are there. And to challenge with the the gospel of John, that's one of the, one of the best love letters there is. I love it. Yeah. So I love what you're doing, Anita. I uh, please continue to do this. I understand that people's lives are busy. But with one word, I mean, you have a word of encouragement to us, and I really appreciate that today, Anita. Would you end us in prayer, please? I would be happy to do that. Thank you. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the gift you are to us. You truly are the greatest gift we could have. We thank you that you have given us the most incredible way to know you until we meet you face to face, and that is by opening our Bibles. I think of Oswald Chambers that says, I hold in my hands the very thoughts of God. And I just pray that everyone that has listened to this podcast today, that today or tomorrow, when they pick up their Bible, that they would hold it in their hands and realize this is such an amazing gift. It is a treasure to be able to hold your letters to us until we meet you face to face. Oh God, would you give us a new desire and a deeper hunger to really want to know you, and that we would prioritize our relationship with you, that we would understand that you're the most important part of our day is just spending a few minutes with you every day so that we may grow up and grow in our intimacy with you and spread the light of Jesus to those who are in our influence. And we thank you for the work of this ministry, uh, Bible to School. We praise you and we just ask for continued favor 
for them as they continue to do the work that you've called them to. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Wow. I don't know about you, friends, but Anita's story has so encouraged my soul today. I'm just in awe of how every season of her life tied together in such unexpected ways to bring, in Anita's own words, a depth to her ministry she could not have invented herself. This all just blows me away, seeing how our God truly is the God of all our details. If we will just seek Him first, set aside that quiet time each day to hear from Him and then ask that question, Jesus, what do you want me to know about you today? Who in your life could you encourage to do a 21-day challenge? I have a 9, 11, and 13-year-old. I wonder if I could try this with them. Would you join me in this? It's almost September, so how cool would it be to challenge the kids in your life to take the book of John and read a chapter a day? It only takes 21 days to start a habit. Let's help these kids form one of the best habits they will never want to break. So head on over to BibleToSchool.com, that's Bible2School.com, and click on the podcast tab. You'll find our show notes there, and that's where you'll be able to access Anita's 21-day prayer challenge, and this also includes some guidance and FAQs. While you're there, make sure you subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss an episode. And go ahead and give us a five-star review. It only takes a minute and helps us gain traction in order to be heard by so many more people. So that's a wrap for today, but hurry back here next week to hear Corey chat with Jody Burke, author of Praying the Scriptures for Your Children. And never forget, friends, you can tell the children in your life about Jesus.